Welcome to Sister, Sister. We have our favorite fathers here with us today. Uh, we actually have the Nate Trio. All of the Nates are here in the comment board. So we have our grandfather, Nate Sr., and then our uncle, Nate Jr., and then we have Nate the Third, who has just turned 14. So he's a part of the teenage club who's representing for the teenagers. And so we have all of them here just to talk about Father's Day, talk about their role as fathers and as sons, and just what Father's Day means to them. And so JoJo's gonna kick us off with some questions. We really hope you guys enjoy just hearing from some of the most important men in our life. All right, so the first question is, what does Father's Day mean to you, Grandpa? Hey, well, thank you for allowing me to be part of this awesome, awesome, awesome program here. Well, the question to me, uh, what does Father's Day mean to me? It, it gives an opportunity to uh, recognize and show our appreciation to the men who have stepped into the uh, role of fatherhood as a provider, as a protector, and uh, the role uh, and as a role model uh, to his family. Amen. I agree. All right, we got Nate Jr. <laughs> well, I, I'd like to begin by saying Thank you, Miss Brandy and Miss Joy, for having me. Uh, it's a privilege to be with you. Uh, but as I think about Father's Day, yeah. um, so it, it's one of those days on a calendar that you kind of pause, and it gives you the opportunity to reflect upon uh, where you are at, as a father. Um, also, uh, the, the experiences you've been able to have with your family and, 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 to, and to think through those things. So so when I think about Father's Day, it's not, I don't necessarily think about like being served or having to be about me, but it's, it's a time to celebrate what the Lord has, has blessed me with because family is a gift from God. And I've, I have had the privilege from God to step into this, into this divine role as father uh, because the Lord didn't owe me anything. So, uh, to have the wife that I have, to have the children that I have, uh, I am extraordinarily blessed. So uh, on Father's Day, I'm I, I normally just uh, have the opportunity just to reflect upon, like, man, this is good. Thank you, Lord, for this, for your grace and this kindness. That's good. All right, baby night. What does Father's Day mean to you as a son? You don't have any children. You have a long way to go. But <laughs> well, for me, like Father's Day, it means like celebrate my dad and grandpa and what they do for me like in general like especially how they prov dad provides for me and uh how grandpa's a good really good role model as well as dad and like it's a time to respect them and uh be thankful for them that's good oh my goodness joy's crying oh, you make her cry 
Well, I think, you know, this question isn't necessarily for me and Joy, but I like to chime in just because an episode previous to now, me and Joy kind of talked about our relationship with our fathers. And I think that um, this episode is super special to us because uh, we've shared that me and Joy haven't had really, really close relationships with our biological fathers. And so for that reason, like our grandfather and our uncle have been, you know, really good role models as to how men should treat us in our lives, you know, really good um, spiritual leaders in our family. And so I think it's always really fun. Like Father's Day, I think unfortunately so many who don't have really close relationships with with their father, they might not look at the day as a day to celebrate, but because God has just blessed us to still have really strong men in our life, everybody who knows me knows that I, if my grandfather is my bestie, that's my boo. That's my boo. <laughs> and I think I'm his favorite. I tell everybody I'm his favorite grandchild. And I, I will say that. I have to say that, Joy. And so me and him are really, really close. And it's such a blessing to me because like I said, you know, it's just unfortunate when you don't have that really close relationship with a father and you might not have that father figure in your life. And so, you know, having really strong men who have step, stepped in the gap, you know, that's meant a lot. And that, that's always makes Father's Day, in my opinion, even more special to us because, you know, you get to celebrate, you know, those men who have right. stood in the gap for you. Yeah, I think I feel the same way. It's just a great day to be able to recognize, you know, the good men in your life. Yeah, so, yeah. it's true. Mm-hmm. Our Uncle Nate says that Joy is his favorite, which is fine because I'm my grandpa's favorite. Oh, my God. <laughs> 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 All right, so let's jump into the next question. Um, What do you think about the pervasive image of Black men being painted as deadbeat dads? So just in general, Grandpa, what is your opinion about, you know, the how the media, uh, I think society in general paints the image of black fatherhood? Yeah. Well, I just want to uh, say this, uh, that uh, it is unfortunate uh, that we do have those, uh, uh, you know, uh, fathers that uh, uh, father children into the world and have uh, failed to uh, fulfill their role, but uh, we must not allow that uh, to uh, speak to the whole thing when it comes to uh, fatherhood. It's unfortunate uh, that there's children that uh, have gone through traumatic experience because of uh, the absence of dad, but, uh, but we have to speak to those who have come uh, to know what the responsibility is uh, to uh, uh, to be a father, uh, to uh, be that role model, and to uh, fulfill the role of uh, fatherhood. So that saying itself does not speak. It's not a blanket where all black men are that, but because of those who have come to know the Lord, have a relationship with him, uh, they're able to uh, step up and through God's grace and mercy, they're able to uh, show the love and the kindness and be that provider and uh, caretaker and show uh, passion and love uh, to their family. So that itself is, uh, is not totally, totally true. But we do pray for those ones who uh, have failed to realize uh, what they're missing as far as giving 
or putting back into the lives of their children. Yeah, I, 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 I echo Pops when he says it's unfortunate. Um, it's, it's unfortunate um, that here in America, historically, uh, blackness has been relegated to a second-class citizenry. So anything black is demeaned um, in order to prop up the uh, superiority of the majority. So there's there's always this false narrative. I mean, like even even during slavery, there there's always been a false narrative surrounding blackness. So on, on the plantation, there's this myth of the lazy black slave. Like really, you you a lazy black slave? But uh, but you know, and so that's that's perpetuated throughout history. So uh, as as if uh, absentee fatherhood is something unique to blackness. It's not. It's something. It's something more comprehensive. It's it's, it's how we have uh, dishonored God by choosing to do family our own way rather than His way by His blueprint and design. So you know. So I definitely uh, understand that there is this never narrative, uh, but yet there is this 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 brokenness in uh, uh, within the African American community. For I mean, it's multi-layered, multi-multi-faceted. It's a number of different reasons. Whether you're talking about uh, mass incarceration, where you talk about just some of the political disenfranchisement, the removal of personal agency, and but then just uh, e- even uh, the the cultural narratives of of what people think family is from what they're exposed to. Um, so you know it's. It's absolutely un- unfortunate. There are some realities. There are some truths there. So you know, we do have to acknowledge that uh, m- many African American men have failed, and I don't want to make any type of excuses. But but it, I mean, th- th- this is this is comprehensive brokenness, and because we live in a fallen world, anything that God has declared good, Satan is going to attack uh, to try to destroy. But I will say this: when I do look back over the history and I look at the uh, the plight of the African Americans, I say it is but by God's grace that we still have black families, period. Um, because they've been uh, systemically attacked and oppressed at every vantage point. And the fact that we still on the other side, and I, I can say we made it, it's only by God's grace. Mm. Amen. Amen to that. So, my next question is How has your relationship with Christ? affected your relationship with your children and grandchildren for grandpa? Oh, and grandchildren too? Yeah. <laughs> I, I just want to speak on my grandchildren. <laughs> First, the favorite grandchild. Just, just, just my grandchildren. <laughs> uh, but I think that's a that's an excellent question uh, because when we think in terms of uh, special days like, like this, Father's Day, Mother's Day, uh, there's a context uh, that uh, this kind of speaks out of. There's mothers who and daughters who have awesome relationship, father and son, but yet there there is a context. And so when you <clears throat> look, put it in that with a relation, uh, you know how you have a relationship with Christ affect your relationship with the family. I, I have to say, you know, having a personal relationship with the Lord, it uh, it helps. It helped me to be able to love myself 
and and I have to say this, loving myself, not in the sense of a selfish way, but seeing who who I was before I came to know Christ and now seeing who I am as a result of Christ and that love that he has for me and I can love myself and that love that he pours into me, now I can, uh, it, it has opened my eyes, it has uh, opened my heart on how to love my family. And when I say love them, be able to go through the ups, go through the downs, not just uh, uh, when they do good or or cheer them when they got an award or whatever, but uh, as having that relationship, Ben, walk alongside of them, uh, being able to uh, encourage them in their in their moments and not looking at life just for yourself, but looking at uh, the, looking at uh, their lives as well. And so the relationship with Christ has certainly uh, given me the capacity to be able to uh, reach out, not only uh, to, my, to my son, the preacher man, to my daughter, uh, but also uh, my grands, uh, where, uh, you know, when it comes to them, uh, you know, I'm just all smiles. But the, uh, I see this is all because of the Lord. Because when I look back at my life prior to coming to Christ, it it was I was I was a focus point. I was the, the spot. The spotlight was on me, just me. And uh, so now that Christ is there, it has made all the difference. And I and I'm so grateful and thankful. Uh, that his love uh, coming into my life and the, the the love that I was able to pour into uh, uh, to the lives of my uh, children and grandchildren. And so it has uh, uh, impacted me and made a difference, difference, and not only to love uh, my family, but also to have the love for others where there might be those who need uh, support and encouragement. That's good, Grandpa. Yeah. So because God is my foundation, because because Jesus is my Savior, uh, uh, it impacts everything, right. everything in my life. So when the when 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 uh, in the Proverbs where he says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So you you really don't know nothing. You really don't know wisdom until you know God. Mm-hmm. So you go to 1 John where he says God is love. So I really can't know the depth of love unless I know God. So the same thing about fatherhood, unless you really know God, then you, you really don't understand the depths of what it means to be a father and to a dad's point. And that his, his the, the fact that God, he was okay by himself, but he has chosen to lavish his love upon the people who would, who would reject him, turn their back on them, but he still would pursue them. That's, I mean, that is the epitome of being a father where it's, it's, it's this self-sacrificial love and leadership where you, you're, you're willing to, to do anything for your children. And because God models his love for us all throughout scriptures, that's that's where, I, you know, that's, that's the model and the framework for how I even think through about being a father, uh, one who... who who even in my in my my feebleness and my brokenness, who tries to be forgiving, tries to be loving, uh, tries to be uh, sacrificial, because that's that's what it means to be a father. It, like that said, it's not about me, but it's about how can I serve those the Lord has given me to love. 
And, you know, I tell everyone, uh, whoever wants to listen, anyone who ever interviewed me, uh, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And part of why I am what uh, I am what I am and who I am is because of the great example that I had in my father, Reverend Nathaniel Bishop Sr., the original. Right. So, so that, fr- that framework of what he showed me uh, has has uh, continued in how I seek to be a father and to serve uh, my family and my children and those who come in contact with us. So, but 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 like 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 that said, it's only because Jesus is at the center. It's, it's only because that Jesus calls me to die to myself daily. Because if it was up to me, I'd do what I want when I want. But because Jesus calls me to die daily, I can be that sacrificial loving father that God calls us to be. Yes. Yeah. That's good. I think, you know, a part of the reason why I really wanted to ask this question is because like, um, for me, how I even came to know Christ was like through grandpa helping me. Like, I mean, of course, like as a child, when you grow up in the church and your whole family is, you know, Christian and this, you know, is what you grow up in. You know, you know Jesus, but it's like, what do I need to do to truly know him? And just being able to say that my grandfather walked me through that whole process to where I'm able to experience the love of Christ, you know, it does, touches my heart, you know. That's true. <laughs> yeah, growing up, grandpa taught children's church when I was young, and, and Nate was my youth pastor my whole uh, teenage years and so um, they definitely have been instrumental in leading me in joy you know just you know being strong leaders um, but like literally practically me and my grandfather he I mean I did the first I mean half of my life any any time that I did ministry I did it with my uncles and I and my uncle and my grandfather they taught me you know how to be sacrificial what it meant to be you know involved in ministry and what that looked like you know they really allowed me to just kind of tag along behind them and do different things um and so yeah that's how i mean literally that's how we learned um, about christ and we learned about being active in church and making sure that we were um you know really being the hands and feet of christ they were really great examples for us yeah Okay, so this question is for Uncle Nate. Um, how do you address the topic of racism with your children, especially now with all that's going on in the world? Yeah, that, that's a really good question because we just 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 where we are culturally, where we are in this moment. Um, uh, I think, I think they would say I'm, I'm open and honest. So I, I, so I walk them through like African-American history, how we have been perceived in the past, how things have improved, how we may be perceived now. Uh, but, but, uh, honestly, one, one, honestly, one of the challenges is, uh, be, because of our social economic position, just where we are. Uh, the the, uh, the kids they, they're kind of they're kind of insulated from from some of the 
in-your-face type racism that they, they, they really haven't experienced that. Like we, we've, we've had definitely had situations in our neighborhood, uh, but they were younger, so they, they, they didn't fully understand. And then the schools that they go to are uh, majority African, uh, African-American, so they have that, 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 that culture of acceptance. They're, they're, they're really not seen as other. So it's kind of, it's actually been kind of hard to explain to them. And even like when the riots was going on and showing and, and, and like Nadia seeing the riots, she's like, oh my goodness. It, you know, it was like, it, it like wasn't real life and, and, and trying to help her to explain like, yeah, that's real. This is happening. Cause you know, we in Louisville, uh, the Breonna Taylor case. So this is happening right downtown. Uh, so I don't, I, I don't sugarcoat it. I try to be, be mindful to tell them to be aware, be mindful of who they are. Um, but the challenge has been because uh, they've just, they've just been in, in situations where they haven't had, had to deal with it, deal with blatant, overt racism that they, you know, they, they, they just haven't experienced it. So. Uh, when that day comes, my prayer is that they will be reminded of all those just little conversations that we've been having over the years. Yeah. I mean, I can say, you know, I was in the same boat as them just because of the school that I went to. My school didn't really have any white people. It was majority Hispanic, others and stuff like that. But it wasn't really until I got to college, you know, down in Vardosta, that's the that's the deep south georgia it's a lot of you know white people there and they you know are very vocal about how they feel you know about black people how they feel about you know just a lot of the political topics in the world right now so i think as they get older you know Mm -hmm. they'll realize it for sure but that's good that they're getting that foundation because I, I don't think if I didn't have that foundation from home or learning about, you know, black people, the present, the past, and being able to have those open conversations, I don't think I would have knew how to deal, you know, with the situations at college and stuff like that. So Yeah, to your point. So everything we've been doing now is kind of like preparatory. So even having having them read the autobiography of Frederick Douglass, having them read and and understand W. B. Du Bois, and you know, exposing them to these names and topics. So, so so when they get older, it's more natural. Whereas the culture doesn't train you on these things. Mm -hmm. My prayer is that their exposure to all these figures and all this information, it's just like, oh, yeah, we used to talk about that. Like, I know a little bit about that. Yeah. So, you know, even, you know, having them watch, sitting down, watching movies together with them, uh, the Harriet Tubman movie, you know, just all those things. That's mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. I agree, Grandpa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you go ahead, Grandpa, answer this next question. All right. So the next question is, what does legacy mean to you? And that's grandpa's question. Yeah. I thought, what, what happened to the question, what is it like being a grand, grandpapa, grandfather? Well, you you got like, to you. Answer you answer whatever question you want to. I, I, I've been living for this question. Yeah, okay. Okay. Go ahead. Tell how much you love being my grandpa. I, go ahead, Go ahead. Grandpa. I, I stayed up all night. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, studying this question. That's right. Go ahead. Grandpa, tell these people how much you love being my grandpa. Oh, oh my I've been, God. I've been waiting on this question. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I just got to say, and I'm going to answer the one on legacy, okay? Okay. But I just, <laughs> I, I just, I just got to speak to this one. What it's like being a grandpa. Because when you, uh, in life, as you grow, uh, there are certain things that, you know, as you grow, you, you just don't envision. You know how sometimes uh, we uh, say, well, what would you like to be later on in life or what would you like to do later on or whatever? And there are certain things that we sometimes we can project uh, uh, looking at or whatever. But never in my life uh, did I ever project uh, you know, being a grandpa, uh, <laughs> uh, being a grandfather, uh, just looked at uh, trying to make it uh, better as I as I grew, make it better for my family. But uh, I just want to say, uh, being a grandpa, a grandpapa, a grandfather <laughs> uh, is, uh, uh, you know, one of the high points of my life. I, I just got to say, it's a, it's a high point. It brings, uh, uh, it's one of the greatest joy uh, in my life uh, to be able to uh, look, at, uh, look at the grands and not only look at the grands, but uh, to be able to say, uh, uh, I, I've shared, uh, you know, in your life to, to some degree in a good way, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, I don't think I, ha I had to put uh, Brandy, may, may have had to get her straight. I don't Just think I ever threatened Joy. I, I know I had to take uh, threaten and take little Nate to the streets, but or get, or get the belt, or get the belt. But uh, in uh, Nadia and Nemo and Noel, just uh, just that moment, uh, not projecting it, but it just it, it, it just came, and here it is. Your grandfather. Your grandfather. You know, you began to see your see your grands and and uh, began to uh, see them grow and and uh, I am uh, I am so grateful. Uh, I just can't give the words to how grateful that I've uh, had a part to some degree. You know, I wasn't there all the time, but but just to be able to say, hey, you know, uh, Brandy used to work for me. <laughs> That's my first job, Grandpa. My first job. She she was getting a paycheck. I sure was. $500 <laughs> an hour. Okay, $500. Amen. And then to be able to say, you know, I used to pick up JoJo after school and uh, Burger King was our hangout and, <laughs> and uh, some of the other things. And, and uh, when Nate and Red used to come here and I used to say to uh, before Nate got 14, 13, whatever. And, Come on, let me pick y'all up because y'all going to reach a point where I can't pick you up. And so, you know, being, being a grandfather, uh, 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 your, your, your mother and I, uh, your grandmother, we, I mean, we just, and sometimes I, I tell her, she goes, I don't want to go down there. We going. Yeah. We had this uh, uh, virus hadn't hit. We'd have probably been down there about three or four times. Yes, sure. Already, you know, in uh, the times that I had with uh, Nate and them, uh, we would swim 
Uh, one, one of the things in, in the swimming that when I think of the grandpa, where you there with the kids and you're able to interact and, and at a point there, you say, don't go into the deep end because and then you begin to see them grow and then the deep end. And uh, one of my high points in uh, swimming is when I see uh, uh, Nemo was able to swim. Yeah, Nemo. Yeah, she's able to swim now. <laughs> you know, and you and you're there. You, you you know that moment, and so you you know you see things, and you see them standing up there doing their posing and jumping into the water. So being being a grandfather uh, is just. I, I mean, it has just. Uh, done something to me, you know. I, I think about my grandbabies. I, I'm not like some people who, you know, uh, always here. Look at my no. I, it's 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 on the inside, you know. I don't have to uh, put it in in people in in their face. This my no. It's and just to know uh, that I've got uh, grandchildren that has uh, grown and uh, developing uh, and have a desire to uh, do and and just to just to see great things uh, come out of it. So it's been a blessing, been a blessing. So thank you for letting me answer that question. Okay. <laughs> That's good. Uh, so uh, my, my thoughts on legacy really just uh, summed up in Psalms 78. Because uh, in Psalm 78, he says, give ear over my people to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old things that we have heard and known that our fathers have told us, we will not hide them from their children, but tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. He has established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach to their children that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn. So like when I think about legacy, it's just passing those seeds of faith and everything that uh, that mom and daddy uh, had taught me to our children and praying that those seeds would, would take root and, and would grow and, and flourish and become vibrant and that they would be able to live off of, off of those seeds. But then that they that they would take those two and, 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 and pass them down, Lord willing, to their children and uh, be able to utilize them in their marriages. And I. Uh, but I mean, because I've, I've learned so much. I, I have had the I have had the best experience as a as, as a son. I teasingly, I, I was teasing with gra Grandma the other day. I said, I said, you know what? Grandpa taught me how to be Christian in this world, <laughs> and Mama taught me how to live in this world. There you go. You better say that. So, <laughs> Grandpa told me how to turn the other cheek. But grandma told me to keep a knife in my pocket just in case. So you know, you know, so, so like I've had it. I am, I am well rounded. So that's the legacy I want to pass on. Yes, yes, it's all about balance. Granny, Granny taught us that. She taught us the balance, grandpa. You need that balance. They heard Granny on when she was on the podcast. People called. They said that was your grandma. Gets a really unique, you know, view as being his son, and then me, Joy, and 
um, and all the Nate's babies. We all get, you know, uniqueness of being a, another level, level of like standing on top of grandpa's shoulders, like, you know, and that's kind of how I view it. I always get excited um, to tell people about, you know, my family in the sense of just the legacy that I feel like grandpa is leaving yeah. behind. And all the things that they've taught us and how it's just trickling down. All right, baby Nate, this question is for you. Okay. <clears throat> what is the role of a son in the father and son relationship? Mm -hmm. I think the role of the son is to like listen and obey and just and take what you can and learn from him and, and do as he does. Uh because if you do, if he if he does good, that means if you do what he does, you do good. So, I think the role of a son is to watch and pay attention and be there to to see what how he does. Our time together. This is yeah. man. fun conversation, good conversation. I think definitely needed. Mm -hmm. I'm glad that you guys have all shared your perspectives. We're gonna do a fun game before we head out. It was some heavy conversation, but I think definitely needed. Me and Joy have had conversations, you know, over the last couple of weeks with friends and just other family members. And so I think that inspired some of the questions today. And I'm so glad that you guys got to speak, you know, just to some of the points. And I hope that it encourages people and that they can, uh, you know, find solace in the fact that there are really good black men in the world. And I tell, you know, of course, being my age, I meet <laughs> being 28 and fabulous. It's a lot of hard <laughs> I have a lot of friends or women that I run into, and of course, just living in a, a, a this society, you know, there, there can be this complex about African-American men or men in general, and I tell Joy all the time that we have been blessed because I just, I know that there are wonderful black men because I have them in my family. All right, we can get into the fun questions now. <laughs> okay, so, so Joy, this is a game, right? Yeah, okay, set game. it up for them. Let them know how they're supposed so, to play. Okay, so this is a game called Would You Rather... So, um, a question could be, would you rather be invisible or have the ability to fly? And then you can choose which one you would rather have. And then Grandpa can answer, Uncle Nick can answer, and then Baby Nick can answer. So, that was just to let y'all know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, my first question is, would you rather live without your phone or without television? So that's Netflix, Hulu, all of that included. Grandpa. So if I say fly, that means I. <laughs> <laughs> great. This is great. <laughs> so say being, how am I gonna be invisible if I live without my phone or without my TV? <laughs> I'd rather live without TV. Yeah. All right. What about you, Nate? Little Nate? Uh, I'd probably live without my phone because it's 
Not that. Nate don't ever know his phone name anyway. I do want to point that out. Nate don't ever know where that phone is. When I was there, one day I found it downstairs. I'm like, Nate, you know your phone? I'm like, yeah, I think it's in my room. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. All right. So the next question is, would you rather own a boat or own a plane? Own a boat. I like fishing. That's good. It's been a while since we've been fishing, Grandpa. Huh? It's been a while since we've been fishing. I've never been fishing with Grandpa. <laughs> That's right. I took your I took your daddy uh, fishing and uh, out on the boat, and we was fishing, and and Nate was getting ready to reel the rod in, and this one of my friends pushed him out the way, and. <laughs> he, he stole he stole the fish from a kid. <laughs> oh I, I, I rather I rather have a plane. I like to travel. Yeah. yeah. What's your name? Name it. Uh, I, you, I I'd rather have a plane because there's a lot. You can do a lot more with a plane than with a boat. Okay. That's true. Yeah, that's true. You can do a lot with a boat. So the next question is, would you rather speak every language in the world or play every instrument in the world? Mm. Wow, that's a, wow. Woo. I, I, yeah, I would rather like, I, I like to uh, make music, so I like to uh, be able to have the skill to play every instrument there is. Yeah, it's good, Grandpa. I, I would want to speak every language in the world. I knew that. I knew that you was going to say that. Remember, <laughs> I should have knew you was going to say the music thing because you already played the kazoo. So you, the music music you already got that down, Pat. The spoons. He plays spoons, too. Oh, oh, Grandpa. Yeah, I didn't know you played spoons. Huh? You play spoons? No, I don't play no spoons. <laughs> no. No. What about you, Nate Nate? I like to talk anyway, so I like to talk in every language. So that's yeah. Give me one more, George. Okay, last one. Last one. Okay. Would you rather go to the beach in the summer or go skiing in the winter? Mm. Ah, I would rather go to the beach in the summer. Me and the cold don't get along that well. Yes. The beach beach in the summer. I like being outside chilling with a book. Yeah. With an umbrella. Oh, I don't need the umbrella. Hold the umbrella for me. Oh, my goodness. I don't like the hot, and I don't like sand either. So I think I'd like to go skiing in the winter. Okay. That's cool. I didn't know that, Nate. We have to talk about that, because the beach is my favorite place. I need you to really get with that, okay? <laughs> All right. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of our podcast. We hope you enjoyed, and peace. One. <laughs> to follow us on Instagram at underscore sister underscore sister. Follow us on Twitter at sister sister one. Follow us on Facebook at sister sister. And add us on Snapchat at sister underscore sister one. Bye. You think that you're something too.